This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. What is up, everyone? Welcome to The 20 Podcast, brought to you by BeatSource. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! Yes, I am so excited to be back here with you guys. It is our first episode of 2023. We took a little break because I had probably one of the craziest Januaries of my life. Um, Thank Thank God. Um, But uh, I really want to tell you guys about it. Um, Let me know. Like, would you guys want me to have some kind of segment where I just recap my gigs? Because I have so many insane stories just from the past three to four weeks that I would love to share with you guys. But I don't get to share it, uh, you know, because I'm I'm respecting our guest. I'm talking about that. But I don't know if this would be interesting for you guys. So write me and let me know what you think. Um, I was doing so many different types of gigs. So I'm going to put out a lot of these uh, recordings and um, happy to discuss them with you guys. Um, also, check out for my upcoming gigs, my website, djspider.com, D-E-E-J-A-Y-S-P-I-D-E-R.com or Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. Um, I'm at Floor Room in Los Angeles every week, pretty much. Um, I'm in Vegas every month at Tao and Marquee and uh, doing tons of one-offs, private events, different nightclubs around the country. So keep in touch, come out and come say hi. Okay, and thank you guys for digitally saying hi to me and always writing me nice messages and talking about the podcast and supporting. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and a thumbs up on YouTube. Thank you so much, giving me fuel to keep doing this. And um, write me on Instagram, like I said, at DJ Spider. And uh, yes, we're all part of the same team. I love uh, seeing you guys shine. I love hearing your guys' stories. And um, as I travel more and more and and get to talk to you guys, it's really cool to see how many people listen all around the world. Um, All right. Without further ado, baby, let's get into today's guest. He is one of the most sought after DJs and in-demand DJs in London. He's playing all the hottest clubs there and worldwide. So not only these amazing huge clubs in London, he's, he's done Hakkasan in Vegas, Poppy in LA, One Oak in New York, Wall in Miami, um, places in Dubai, so much more. Check his website. He's done official collaborations with Wu-Tang Clan and Kendrick Lamar. Yes, you heard that right. Um, he's very focused on music production uh, at this point. You know, he's killed it in the DJ world and he continues to, but um, he's focused on music production, working with his own artist, Young Dave, which we talk about in London. Um, and you will learn more about this Kendrick Lamar story and connection and Wu-Tang. It's really incredible. Um, he also is really big in the private event scene, doing private parties from everyone from Formula One's Lewis Hamilton to Leonardo DiCaprio and big brands like Coca-Cola, Gucci, Ciroc, all that stuff. He's basically killing it. And uh, you guys will be able to learn a lot from him. He's been doing this for a long time. So he, he has a lot of really important and powerful advice that I think up-and-coming DJs or DJs that are maybe a little bit lost or any DJ could learn from. I feel like we're all here to learn from each other. I constantly am learning from other DJs, and I know I've been doing this for a while. So hopefully this helps you guys in your brands and careers and in your life and anything. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen to the interview and check out the conversation. Please welcome to the show, DJ Friction. It's the 20 Podcast 2023. We are here in Beverly Hills. It's the LA UK Connect. Please make some noise for DJ Friction in the house. 
yes, 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 yes. Put your hands up, hands up. It's going crazy in here, you know? It's going crazy. Look at those people. They're pointing at us. Okay. What's up? What's up, Beverly Hills? Uh, yo, so you are here. You made the the long journey that you know so well. I know you come here all the time, so it's not like your first time. But yeah. you've come all the way here, but I'm so glad we got to connect uh, yeah. in L.A. And then about six months ago, we connected in London, where I got to play with you um, at a really dope nightclub in yeah. a really crazy area. That was where my there birthday was as well. On your birthday, yeah. yes. Um, so thank you so much for having me. So, yeah, last time I saw you was some middle of the night kind of... Yeah. I think I drank a bit, you know, and that was there was such a good vibe though, bro. That night, <laughs> I was crazy. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. What's the name of the club? Lux. Lux. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, we played at Lux together. Definitely had to get my quick mixing hip hop on. Yeah. I mean, people's attention spans were uh, short, but yeah, it was fun. Short, yeah. You had your artist, Young Dave, in there performing, exactly, right, which yeah. was super cool. Like for yeah. me, you know, what I mean? because it was like very. UK, I felt like, you know, yeah. and I'm like, I'm DJing you for this You nailed it, though, bro. Like, for real. Everyone thank was like, you. yo, this DJ's crazy. I was like, well, that's why I asked him to play. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. the opportunity and just, you know, How showing you love. Likewise, bro. So, yeah. So, got to have you on here so we can tell anybody that may not know. I know you know everybody, but some people that may not know, you know, and we can yeah. dig deep into everything. You know, how you started, what you're doing now, what you're doing in the future. Um so, yes, first off, just welcome to L.A. And you, uh, how long have you been here? Just a couple of days? A couple of days, yeah. Okay. I've got like another 10 days left. So. Okay. So, yeah, you might stay during the, the Grammys or in like hopefully. in a week or so. So that would be dope if you could stay. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, you've just been kind of working on music and stuff since you got here? Yeah, pretty much, man. Other than, you know, um, being here today, like the last two yeah. days, it's mainly music production-based stuff. So dope. Uh, sessions, um, working with other producers as well, meetings. So, great. yeah, that's been like the main focus so far. Yeah, nice. All right, well, we'll get into that. I want to hear about all the stuff that uh, you're doing and you're working on, and then we got to let everyone know all the crazy stuff you've done in the past with, yeah. you know, everybody, Wu-Tang, Kendrick Lamar, all that, all that cool it. stuff. Um, you know, looking, I've known you for a while, and I know your history, and I know you do so many clubs literally around the world. Like, yeah. I've looked at some of your calendars, even I remember you posting them pre-pandemic, and you would be, like, going from all these top clubs in London to, like, private events in Rome, and then yeah. you'd be, like, then in at Hakkasan Vegas and, yeah. you know, One Oak, New York, and then Poppy LA and Park in San Diego, and basically all the top clubs and in yeah. all those markets. Um, so you know how to handle it. And then in, in London, like just that one club we did together is like yeah. one of the best places. And you were telling me about all the other ones you do. And it's crazy. They're all crammed into like yeah, a one block like, radius. You can, you can walk like pretty much all the clubs. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, pretty much like five miles. Do you have any like favorite clubs out of like kind of the worldwide, not even just the London thing, but out of all some of those ones I named or, you know. Oh, bro, you know when I played at Hakkasan in Vegas? I, it's was, such a dope That room. was Ling Ling, I think. Oh, okay. I was opening for Lil John. Oh, okay. It was a crazy night, bro. I, I really enjoyed that. I liked. What um, was it like? Bro, it's such, such a good, like, feel good experience. Yeah. You know, and I was playing music that I wouldn't generally play in London as well. Right. Actually. So. That was that was amazing, bro. Also, I well, I, I enjoyed playing at a wall in Miami as well. So oh yeah, wall, so wall, much fun. I used to play there. Yeah, yeah, it's like a that small a room, fun. but just great energy. Yeah, good vibes. Like the owners are super cool. Yeah, exactly. 
That's great. Yeah, man. So yeah, there's been a f- there's been a few spots, bro. Like LA, I know pretty well. Like I played at a lot of venues in LA as well. Right. So. Yeah, you've done yeah, a lot man. of the Hwood Group yeah. places. Bootsy's and, cool. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah, Bootsy's super dope. Yeah. All right, nice. Well, now that you're back, when's the last time you were here? A few years ago? No, like a year ago. Oh, I was, okay. I was in Miami like six months ago. Oh, okay. And then like four months or five months prior to that, I was in Los Got Angeles. It. Yeah. So I try and come as much as possible. You know? Right, you're here a lot, like more yeah. than most other DJs from other places or the yeah. UK or yeah, this is like my second home. Right, yeah. why is that? How did that start? Um, I think it's because like you know when I was growing up, I was a big fan of um, West Coast rap. I'm a massive fan of Dr. Dre. Okay, I see your shirt. He's yeah. wearing a Tupac shirt Pac, for anybody yeah. listening. <laughs> <laughs> Pack. Um, yeah, you know Snoop, all that West Coast rap, and so yeah, for me somewhere in my head, I was like, yo. Maybe I'll get to meet them one day, come over to, yeah. obviously not Pac, but, you know, Snoop and right. Dre, those guys. guys. Of course. So, and, yeah, and it's, it just got to a point where um, I naturally began to meet DJs and go into different venues and, you know, because I was just a kid. Yeah. And so I'd just keep on coming here, um, like, four or five times a year, even, like, six times a year sometimes. And so, nice. And it just became a thing. That's you know? great. Yeah. And you have connections here. We yeah. were just talking before we started about your friend Mams, who yeah. was like your manager for a while. Or yeah, Mams was he was uh, he was managing me. Um, but um, we got friendship outside of that, right? You know? Of course. So I, that's another reason for me to to come to LA. Like I met Mams very very early on in my career, right? And when he was rapping as well, and so which he's not doing anymore, thankfully. Right. <laughs> I know. I was saying it's such a weird small world like yeah. connection thing that like. I used to play every Wednesday night at this club called Area, yeah. which I think now is like Nightingale or something. And uh, he, Mams would come in every single Wednesday and <laughs> and like ask me to play something on a burn CD. And I was like, right. what is this? And he, but he would give me money, you know, probably like 500 bucks or some, you know, good amount of money. To he was play. that guy, bro. And I remember the first time I'm like, there's no way this guy's telling the truth. Cause he was like, yo, I got a song with Snoop Dogg. I forget what it was. It was like some girl got a girlfriend. Is that with Snoop Dogg? Yeah, it was legit. I was at the video shoot. So he really had a song with Snoop Dogg. And I'm like, wait, what? So I play it. I'm like, this is crazy. And it wasn't bad. Like it sounded great. The production was top notch, you know, like mastered good. And then he'd come in the next week. I got a song with Tiesto, I remember. And I was like, what? And I played it. And then he's like, I got a song with. Robbie Williams he had as well. Robbie And Dave Navarro, I remember one week. He's like, I got Dave Navarro played on guitar on here. I'm like, yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah, yeah, So yeah, yeah. that went on for, you know, months <laughs> or I don't know how long. And I never, and then kind of, I don't know if he stopped coming or I stopped playing there, but yeah. I never saw him again for a long time. And then I met you and we kind of were friends online or maybe we had met through yeah. you. I don't know what it was one way or another. That. Me either. We like, was like following each other for a long time. Right. Man. And then you're yeah. like, I'm coming to LA. And then you're like, I'm going to my manager's house. And I remember we, we ate food, went to like lemonade, lemonade or something. Yeah. Bro, but, you put me onto lemonade. That spot, the mashed potato <laughs> in that place. Yes. Oh my God. If anyone Crazy. comes, I'll take you to lemonade. Yo, uh, <laughs> I think at that time, because I was DJing at a venue in London, which was regularly booking American DJs, Libertine okay. by China White. Oh, yeah, I remember so that. I was regularly playing there, and they were like, yo, we're trying to bring in some American DJs once okay. um, every two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, they brought some great DJs through, and I was like, yo, I know some great DJs too. So right. I mentioned you. 
I mentioned, I think, Five and Eric and those guys. And so, Dope. you know, Thank that, you. I think that's where it came from, essentially. Totally. Like, yeah, I think yeah. we connected. And then you're like, I'm in L.A. We end up going to lunch and we go to Mam's house. And I'm yeah. like. I took you to Mam's house? Yeah, you took me to Did his I? house. I remember that. Yeah. And, and that's I? why when I came in, I was like, wait, you're the guy. <laughs> like, I was like, this is so weird. Like, my mind was blown. I don't remember taking yeah, you to Yeah, it was in house. the valley. Like, Yeah, Studio City. Yeah, yeah I remember. Because yeah. it was right by Lemonade, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah, went yeah, over yeah. there. And that's when I reconnected with Mams yeah. and realized the whole connection. It was just yeah. so weird. It, yeah. was a, it was a real thing, man. I mean, I've known Mams for like almost 20 years now. Wow. So that's how long I've been coming to Los Angeles. Like, so, and, and that's another reason why I'd come so much because me and him were cl close friends and working together right. as well. So Yeah, dope. Yeah, you guys still guy. doing stuff together? Yeah, like even after all these years, like he's, nice. his career's changed somewhat because he's not <laughs> rapping anymore. Okay. But, you know, he's he's pretty big in management now, you know. He's he's um, managing KSI, who's a global star, if you want to call him that. He's you know, He's got his drink out, Prime, which is... Massive with right. um, Logan Paul. You know, yeah. He's doing the boxing. He's doing the YouTuber stuff. He's got an album that went to number one in the UK. Wow. So And he's, he's just had an, a documentary out on Amazon Prime. Oh, wow. About him. He's alive pretty much. So Mams manages him, which is Huge. incredible. Sounds you know? like a lot of work just to manage him. Yeah, I think it is. The guy's constantly just on the go. Um, right. But yeah, we still work together because, you know, I still do little bits here and, yeah. here and there. Right. Him. Crazy. Yeah. Well, shout to Mams. Yeah, shout to Mams Taylor. <laughs> Mams Taylor. Mams Taylor out yeah. there. Um, shout to Abs as well, of course. Yes, Abs. What up? Um, that's so dope. Such a crazy connection. Um, well, so you know, speaking about the London nightlife stuff, what's it like out there? You know, for people that haven't been, uh, you know, I got to go experience it, and I could kind of relate it to different cities in different ways it's definitely its own thing it had elements of new york stuff elements of la you know yeah, i guess but it's yeah. but it's its own thing well how would you describe kind of the bottle service side of uh the london nightlife i guess um i, I get it's it's that's that's the dynamic in which that uh those clubs work right you know yes yeah. where those clubs thrive in terms financially in terms of exclusivity right celebrity you know that kind of thing yeah and i totally get it i think so are you saying that in terms of um my creativity as a dj or um no but that is very interesting you know yeah. what i mean yeah like i because watching you dj i definitely even learned a lot from seeing you play for like 30 minutes out yeah. there i was like okay he has like a certain style for this kind of crowd and yeah. and the dance floor doesn't seem as important as the tables yeah um but I, I in guess, a way, I guess, I guess you could probably understand that though, because a lot of clubs yeah, out here. Same. Like, I'm doing a place Saturday night here that doesn't have a dance floor. You right, know what I mean? Right, and yeah. you have they to have a table to even be there. there. Yeah. Right. No bar. No, I mean, they got a really small like dispense, but they don't right. have a bar that, yeah, hey, like, go get your drinks from here. It's usually right. you've got your bottle service and, you know, yeah. you've been served like in a restaurant. So, right. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, to answer your question, bro, like the, I do very much enjoy playing at those clubs. Um, because uh, you know there's there's certain benefits of playing in those clubs because you get to be associated to certain yeah um i guess markets if you right. call it that um creativity wise i kind of feel like um you don't have as much um room to be as creative with certain songs i feel you know like me being me i would love to drop like an album filler by snoop from doggy star right knowing i can't because it's full of 18 year olds that yeah flicking on tiktok right 
Now, right. that's not to take away from those guys because they're still part of the atmosphere and the energy in the club, which are dancing and shit. Yeah, of so, course. But that's what I'm saying. Like, whereas there's maybe more underground events where, you know, I can drop something like that and yeah. get a crazy reaction from it. So, right. you know, it's kind of like a polar opposite of feeling that's true. the DJ. So. What about like other aspects of, of London nightlife or, or, you know, the club culture? Like I noticed just in my short time that there's so many different things. You know what I mean? You, you'll have a raves and drum and bass things and you'll have yeah. an Afro beats night and then the bottle service yeah. things. And it just seems scattered around, but there's so much going on, I guess. Bro, there's festivals, there's like huge warehouses with crazy events happening there and yeah. uh, those are the ones where people are really going nuts to like the dj and his selection right got, like the boiler room stuff happening you got the yeah the, the bottle service stuff um yeah there's there's so many different like varieties i try my best to um ensure that wherever i'm djing it's on brand with what i'm trying to achieve in that right. moment in time so you know i'm doing a lot of bottle service clubs so it wouldn't then make sense for me to then start engaging in crazy raves, you know, which totally. aren't in line with that because it's kind of like I'm confusing my yeah cool audience. No, that, that yeah. that's interesting. I think that's a good point for anybody anywhere, yeah, right? To course. just like know what to say yes and no to in terms of what you want your future to look like. Yeah, exactly. And what you want your brand and and uh, you know just whole self to speak to everybody else and it's from the outside. Hundred percent. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, what are, like, um, some of your favorite clubs to play there, just in London? Um, I, I think Ministry is incredible. Oh, you know, yeah. I've played Legendary. at Ministry. Um, Tape is a club I play at on Fridays. Okay. I always hear cool things, and they seem to book, like, every dope rapper and all yeah. kinds of people, right? I love playing at Tape. Yeah. It's just one of those places where, even though it's a bottle service club, people really party in that club. Yeah. And... The Afro beats and Amma Piano goes off really well in there. That even the drill, like you can really experiment in that club and people kind of get it. You know? That's dope. So that's one club that I, I love playing at. Lux, of course. I was at Cirque for quite a while. Oh man, I went there right Cirque before I crazy. left. What the hell? Cirque was crazy. I was walking around like, what is going on in here? Dude, if you think <laughs> I was in a beach with like naked tiny people and yep. huge people and yep. Men, women with beards, and there's a lot going on. Dude, <laughs> it was you, amazing. You think a circus crazy, bro? You're gonna think the box is. I've been yes, I've seen London? that too. Oh. No, actually, I went to the New York one, but that place is <laughs> nuts. Bro. The DJ at Cirque was pretty dope too. I can't remember his name. Charles but Prince. That, wait, what was it? Charles Prince. Yeah, I think so. He was on a USB stick only, but oh, playing hip hop. That would have been flow then. If it's Maybe. USB, it would have been flow. I'm pretty sure he was only USB and yeah. killing it, though, like with the hip-hop. And, you know, he's playing very open format in a way, more on the hip-hop tip. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's like a lot of people are like, I can't DJ this style on a USB. And I'm like, this dude's doing it. Yeah, that's that shout to, shout to flow. Yeah, and he flow. knew his music. He knew yeah. the timings on things. Even if he wasn't mixing it, like the way he did it still creatively yeah. worked, even if he was slamming it like New York style. Yeah, he's he's great, man. A lot of those guys that, you know, in that circuit, there's the same like four or five guys doing okay. the entire circuit. So right. But they're all great DJs, man. So, you know. Yeah, it was cool. D James took me there and showed yeah. me around. And James is killing it as well, man. Shout out to James. Oh, James, yeah. man. James he's is. coming on here one day. But yeah, he's been in Nigeria making an album, yeah. and doing all this Afrobeat stuff. Yeah, 100%. Just so dope. 
Yeah, he deserves that stuff as well, man. Like, he puts he's in, put work. in a lot of effort. Yeah. Oh yeah, work, his yeah. videos and all that. His hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the hair gel to the side, you know. No. <laughs> salute, salute, DJ. Man. Salute, man. You're the man. <laughs> um, so, um, what about like music wise, like? Like you said, oh, there's stuff I want to play here, but I can't play there. Like, yeah. is there any... Because I even remember going to the club to play with you, and I had downloaded all this UK stuff, and I'm like, oh, I can't even drop this. Like, I'll play one of it. It doesn't really work. They want to hear, like, yeah. the American stuff, or they want to hear stuff they know, quick mixed, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, is there music, not necessarily at that club, but wherever, like, that works for you when you're DJing in London that might not work here? I think so, yeah, like the UK-based stuff, like the yeah. UK drill. You know, okay. the UK drills, you know, some of the UK drills works here, like the Central Sea stuff. Yeah, right? that's blown up. It's yeah. crazy. Um, but I'd say generally, like, UK rap, it works over there. And, yeah. you know, I've played in clubs over here. It doesn't work as much, translate as much. Right. It's understandable, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think um, also I'm not sure if Ama Piano's huge over here, but Ama Piano's pretty big over there in the UK. Dope. Like um, Asake, you know. Oh yeah, so cool. Asake is you know, he's killing it. He's like his come up's been huge in the last twelve months. Yeah. So like Sungba, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Um, I think I kind of feel like it's it's slowly catching on a bit more over here now. It is. Yeah. Afrobeats is is getting. I'll play Saturday night at that lounge, no dance floor spot. I yeah. play a ton of it, you know, and people dance to it. But in a mainstream whatever kind of hip hop club, it's hard yeah, yeah. to. To work it in, it has to be a big song. Exactly, man. Um, or like in Vegas or something. Yeah. You know, it's a bit too mellow for like a cryo gun or something. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I love it. I love that sound. And I love how in London, I feel like it is, people are more open to that kind of sound. Yeah, definitely. I, I also feel like, you know, if it helps to flip the script yeah. over here, you can probably get away with, for example, in Vegas, playing a bit more of that hardcore EDM, right. hip hop remixy stuff. Yeah. Over there, I wouldn't get away with playing that. Without a few heads turning and people just looking like, at you like, Dude, what, what are you, you playing? Like, yeah. What I try and do is I try and drop in a couple classics from like Avicii here and there. Yeah. You know, from nostalgia kind of thing. Yeah. Wake me up. Um, which I still think works. Um, yeah. However, like going ham on that EDM sound, I just don't think it's, it does, it works over there. So, right. Yeah. But over there, like the, the UK drill stuff is big. It's, it's really popular. Right. Off, yeah. Dope. There's always something about the UK and just drums and bass. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. whether it's drum and bass literally yeah. or like the UK <laughs> drill or dubstep or, you know, you guys always love some crazy yeah, yeah. drums crazy with shit. some crazy <laughs> bass. <laughs> yeah, like, you're like Skrillex kind of vibes, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah his new track's crazy. You know, like Killers in the Jungle. Wah, 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 wah. I don't even know that song. <laughs> oh, though. it's He's pretty doing... dope. I don't know how the hell I'm going to play it, but I'm like, I have to figure out a way. <laughs> nice description, though. <laughs> it just goes, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll hear it. I'll play it for you after. Um, and But so a lot of these clubs, like you were saying, you do, like a lot of celebrities come in or rappers or people from America or people yeah. from all over. I saw you post some crazy posts with Cuba Gooden Jr., oh my who God. is notorious for being insane in nightclubs all over the crazy. world. And well, like some of the craziest you know, videos with that guy. Yeah, Deezus and Mero like, would have these clips that, they'd play of like him saying the craziest shit so what happened like what i mean do you have a story about that night or what was going on he was on? drunk every night like he came to yeah. the club every single night for like three weeks because he was wow. um he was doing a uh, chicago oh in um the west end oh right? okay and so he was there for like ages and then oh we we somehow became friends yeah 
And we just hung out every day. And I was like, yo, this dude's fucking nuts, man. Like, <laughs> how, is he, how is he alive? Yeah, and I just see him every day. And um, it's funny because I've got this one video of, of me and him walking down Oxford Street at like yeah. five o'clock in the morning. Um, no, it's like probably later than that after the club, right. and um, it's the funniest video ever, bro. And <laughs> I tried posting it on TikTok, yeah, and then it got community guideline violation. And um, yeah, they had to. Take Why? It. Because of what he was saying? Yeah, he said some profanity, which obviously I can't repeat. But <laughs> it's um, I'll have to show you off camera. But it's the funniest video, bro. Oh my god! Um, yeah, I'll probably show my kids one day, and they'll be like. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, he's a character, bro. He's yeah. He's a character. Yeah, he seems like he gets out of control. What about like you know? Sometimes we deal with things you know out here in these bottle service clubs of like club owners or managers trying to control what you play or like giving you sort of bad advice. Like, have you ever dealt with that or how do you handle like any of that? Is that does that happen or they kind of trust you to do your thing? Early on in my career, I'd say so. Now, yeah, more um, early is yeah. what I'm referring to. Now I'm, I'm more so like just left to do whatever I want. Like yeah. they, 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 they know, know me. Know. They know that this dude doesn't ever play anything left. He doesn't go rogue in his sets. Like, right. You know, I'll try a bit of risk here and there, but it's all part of the set. Right. Um, but early on my career, yeah, you, you know, you're going to get dictated to, I feel, because it, that level of trust hasn't been established yet between the club and yourself. Yeah, so. that's true. Like what... I think, I mean, how do you establish that level of trust? I feel like you just kind of show them you know what's up. Like, with what you're saying, like, your ability to take risks and, like, fly close to the sun but not get burned or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you know what you're doing. Don't get too drunk, like, things like that. Yeah, I feel like it's consistency in your sets. Yeah. It's um, also, I think, like, social media is a big thing. You know, if all of the club owners are following you, you they're seeing – the kind of brand and the kind of stuff you're putting out there. True. If you're just posting stupid memes all day and you just come across as a joker, that's all well and good. Yeah. But, you know, there's a fine balance with, you know, taking your career seriously and posting stuff that has no relation to your career whatsoever constantly. Yeah. So I feel as though, True. I feel as though building trust with them comes from li little things like this, you know? Yeah. Um, but I feel as though with what I've done, it's always been very consistent in terms of, how I present myself online or, um, you know, in, term, in terms of my sets as well. You know? Yeah. So that's kind of come over time. But now, yeah, yeah, I, I experiment all the time. Like, you know, even when you came to play on my birthday at Lux, yeah. I heard you do some stuff that I thought was crazy and it worked. Right. It worked <laughs> and it was acceptable. Yeah. And you even inspired me in a way. It's like, yo, like I have not played that song in three years. And I started putting it into my set. Nice. Like, and that's because of you, bro. Oh, that's dope. And so, what uh, song was it? I don't even know. <laughs> can't I think it was a rock record. I can't remember. Okay. Um, but it's one of those I probably would have played at Toy Room at right. the time because they had like certain people there that time. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I mean by like taking those risks, but but calculated ones that you know you can come back from if it doesn't <laughs> go well, but probably it will. But yeah. show. Giving people something to remember a little bit different from everyone else, <laughs> but still fitting yourself in the box enough where the club trusts you and knows that you'll exactly, yeah. help them make money and help them have a su successful night and brand and represent them right, you know? That's exactly what it I is. I think that's what, you know, like we take for granted because we've known it, but a lot of people listening and, and up-and-coming DJs, you know, they're trying to figure out that thing and find their own style and 
Um, yeah. yeah, it's almost like you got to copy other people while inventing your own things at the same place, and well, then you fun- is, come man. into your own. Exactly. Like, we're all made up of different people and being yes. inspired by different people. And influences. Us, so. exactly, yeah, man. exactly. We're all, as much as we want to be original, we all have yeah. those influences. And same thing, every time I hear someone, I'm like, I haven't played that song or that the way he did that or the way she did that. That was so dope. Like, yeah. I need to do that, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, even this week I heard people playing, yeah, a couple house songs that I was like, I forgot about that or what is that? And yeah, I got my Shazam handy. I'm, it's not above me to, yeah. uh, I'll click auto Shazam sometimes just put it in my pocket. You asked me about a record <laughs> that I was playing off. I think. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, and I learned a lot that night. I was shazamming. I'll take pictures of the screen. And be yeah. like, okay, I gotta get but this. But to be for fair, later. like a lot of DJs that come over from the states that um, come and check in with me in London. Yeah, uh, they're probably learning about a lot of new music yeah. from Europe, which you guys are playing over here. Yeah, I've given crates to like DJs all the time. Like I'm so cool with that kind of shit. Like that's great. Yeah, me you know, too. I love crate, sharing. Bro? I don't care, bro. Yeah, yeah whatever. Same. I, I mean, because everyone's gonna execute it differently anyway. Yeah. You like look, man. In my head, I'm like, yo. You're a good DJ. You're doing your thing. You'll probably find that shit yourself anyway. Like, <laughs> right. You Make know, it easier for you. It's not like I'm gatekeeping entire entire genre. You know. What yes. I mean? Yes. <laughs> True. Um, and uh, wait, something you texted me before we started was that some dude in the UK tipped you a couple hundred dollars, but right. you didn't know if it was real or not. <laughs> like in American money, like it's yeah. just counterfeit. It's kind of a good idea. Just bring counterfeit American money around the world because no one will know. You're like, here you go, bro. <laughs> You're like, it's a little small. <laughs> I had to, uh, no, I- I'll explain why. Because that uh, tape, right? Okay. You know, you have those guns that have fake money in it. Yes, yes. And so at the end of the night, there was fake American dollars all over the, the floor. Like Usher Bucks with like his face on it. Or yeah, whatever. but it was actually legit like copies of American hundred dollar bills. Oh wow! All over the floor, right? But and that so, was fake. Yeah, that was fake, right? Okay. And so someone's giving me an actual hundred dollars, and I'm like, oh, did you just get this off the floor? <laughs> and so I'm like, and so I message my sister who lives in North Carolina, and I'm like, yo, Ange, is this real? And she's like, yeah, it's real. I'm like, Are you sure? Because I don't want to come over here and try and spend it and look like a dick. Like, excuse my language. But yeah. Like- no, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. That's actually um, happened to me here, though. Someone tipped me a few hundred dollars and it was fake. And I didn't no know way. it looked so real. I went out. I was like, yeah, I got, I don't know what, it was, two, three hundred bucks to play yeah. a song. And I went out the next day and I tried to go to like Jones on third or some place and I gave them the hundred dollar bill and they do that thing where they put it up to the light and they put the thing and they were like, this is fake. And I was like, no, it's not. And they're like, yeah, this is fake. I'm like, yo, this dude just tipped me $300 fake hundred dollar bills. And they're like, take it to the bank and they'll give you a new one. And I was like, that seems like really weird logic. I'm like, you're trying to get me arrested. I'm like, I don't think I'm just going to throw it in the garbage. I just kept it in yeah. my house and had a fake money i don't right. know nothing maybe try and spend it somewhere else well this was probably as... like 10 years ago i right. don't know what happened I, it was like a souvenir yeah. at that point but yeah. <laughs> but i was like holy shit <laughs> i can't believe that happened yeah exactly <laughs> i bro. felt like an idiot too i'm at the front like it's fake like for real like shit. i feel like i'm in a movie <laughs> it, it was cool i mean it, it was real so i spent yeah. it. yeah you spent it okay yeah. i Good. went to where tender greens is on there Oh, like nice. Checking the gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little tender greens pickup. Um, dope, dope. Well, um, so speaking of like, you know, like we kind of were getting to that point about getting gigs and, you know, we talked about how you've gotten gigs all over the world at this point and you do everything from just these, you know, super uh, bottle service spots to private events yeah. to whatever. And yeah. um, how, you know, some other, I've talked to other DJs about this. Like how much of that do you think is, 
skills versus relationships because I know you are very skilled. Like I've seen you DJ, like you know how to do everything. You know what I mean? You can cut, you can scratch, you can mix things, you can blend, Thank you have you, good bro. taste. Like that means a lot coming from you, bro. Well, it, I mean, it's true. You're, you're like, you, you know, you know what you're doing. Like you're not, you're a good DJ, but we, as we both know, even, you know, I practice too, but uh, like my whole life leading up to this, but sometimes relationships can also be a big part of it mm -hmm. too. Like, is that, that's a part of getting gigs too. Yep. You it, know, it, it very much so, man. I know DJs that, um, you know, that are better than me, um, skills wise. <laughs> me too. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure maybe they could be even better than me and deliver a better set than me. I'm sure I'm not like the best DJ in the world. I'm good for what right. I'm doing. Right. Yeah. But I feel as though maybe they lack, um, um, that, extra push because maybe they're not willing to network and get themselves out there because they're too in their heads about right. just the talent. And that's not what so it's true. about, man. Cause it's like, you know, being open-minded to opportunities through connecting with people. Like for me, I've been coming to LA for like 20 years and meeting DJs. And that's right. why like out here, there's so many DJs that know about me as yep. one of the, the UK DJs names that comes up often is myself. Like yeah. when they come over to London and so, and that makes me feel great because at least you know, they're kind of remembering me and say, yo, this guy's been coming to LA for so many years. Yeah. When I go to London, yo, I can hit, hit up friction. Yep. Similar situation with, you know, you hitting me up. Of in course. July, You're so. one of the first people I thought to hit up. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I appreciate that, bro. Yeah. Um, I think the networking thing is, is huge because, um, you know, um, connecting with so many DJs over here and enabled me to be able to play in so many venues over here. Um, right. You know, some Vegas, New York and Miami. I feel as though it would have been a lot harder had even like half of the DJs not known who I was. Yeah. So prior to me doing all those gigs, all of the, all of those DJs that now know me knew me. Already yeah. At that point. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing. Someone, I did like an interview a couple of days ago for something and they were asking me what, you know, I was up at Sundance DJing and it was right. the same kind of thing. I've been going there over 15 years and I was trying to, and they said, what would I say to younger DJs trying to do what I'm doing out there? And it was a similar thing where sometimes you just have to go to the place and be there and don't expect to just be given the gig or be booked. And that's why you're going to yeah. go. Sometimes it's good just to meet people and go and be around what you want. And just yep. the same way you're here today. And you're like, I'm in LA. We're like, boom, let's do a podcast. Okay. Yeah. You might stay longer and go to this other club or go meet it with an A&R. Like it's just good to be around. And as much as it feels like, Whoa, I can't just spend money and go do that. Like yeah. you never know how it's going to, who you're going to meet, how it's going to change your life. And sometimes you really have to, just put yourself out there and yeah. be in the place and be accessible. 100%, bro. And I feel like um, just piggybacking off what you just said about yeah. the money, honestly, for over 10 years, I pretty much spent probably 90% of all of the money I was making from DJing, putting it back into things like traveling to here right. and paying for hotels, renting a car, um, you know, airplanes, all, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, at the end of it, I wasn't making ridiculous money from DJing back then. Yeah, you know? I was making enough to for me to hit zero. I wasn't saving anything. But I think somewhere in my head, I'm thinking, yo, if I just keep on doing this, something somewhere has to give. Where it's like, yo, like the relationships are built to the point where something has to give, and it did. Yeah, to the point where things started to take off. You know, right. But I, you know, is I was constantly reinvesting everything I made 
into being able to be out here and people like yourself know who I am. Yeah. Because, you know, if now you're coming to London, my name's one of the first names that comes up. So that's... uh, that's that's amazing feeling for me yeah. because it's like oh shit that what I was doing back then actually worked right it's like so. you're coming out here like building like a house out of brick slowly brick by brick you know and then after a while like you have a solid wall which is like your relationship with every all the people and yeah. you know you have a solid um, reputation I think and like rapport with everybody and um, that's something that. Yeah, I think people are impatient nowadays and maybe want things so fast or they see things happen right away, but they don't yeah. realize a lot of the work that goes into it, a lot of the relationships, and it just takes a long time, you yeah. know, and you got to be patient mixed with confidence, not let the, like, even if it takes a long time, let that, like, self-doubt eat away. You'd yeah. be like, no, I'm doing this for a reason, you know, not just to, like, be cool for one night on Instagram or something. Uh, man, I, I, yeah, 100%, bro. I think, like, when I was coming here early days, I wasn't really being overly persistent in trying to DJ everywhere. Like, obviously, I wanted to DJ a few spots here and there. But yeah. I was very much, um, I feel like, in a way, I kind of had LA on a pedestal. In a way, <laughs> well, know? I'm sure anywhere like that when you're far away, you yeah, know what I mean. And I'm like, 18 years old, uh, you know. Yeah. So I kind of had, I guess, LA on a pedestal in a way because I'd grown up listening to Dre and West Coast music, and right? So for me, I was kind of in awe of the DJs and yeah, you know, that I grew up on and stuff. So just meeting them and kind of talking to them and getting advice from some of those guys, and now they're kind of my friends now. Yeah. So that's so cool. Super cool. And naturally, gigs came naturally right you know, maybe one or two were from me really being persistent yo can i play yeah you know, when i'm like 19 yeah. being a pest or right. whatever but you know majority <laughs> of them have come naturally and that's the way i'd rather things to happen you know yeah and that that leads to more longevity i think rather yeah. than just like i got to do this thing i'll put on my resume and never gonna happen again <laughs> like you have a consistent relationship with a lot of people and yeah. can go all over the place now and you know all that. So, all right, that's dope. I think that a lot of people will get, you know, some yeah. some knowledge out of that mm, part of gems, things. Yeah. Um, and some other thing, you know, we're trying to teach people here, but also you told me you taught people music production and DJing mm-hmm. in prison. Like, you were not in prison, but you would go no. to the prison, right? <laughs> yeah, I taught in a prison, man. So I was at, there was a point in my... What was that like, and what? how did that come about? And um, I think it was like there was a point in my career where I was making very little money from DJing, and okay. I was making very little money from music production. Right. It's when I left university, and... I, um, when I went to university, I studied music and then okay. I went to another college for another two years to study advanced music production. Oh, wow. And I was actually in the same class as a guy called Benny Scars and he okay. manages Santan Dave. Oh, really? Uh, the rapper in the UK. Okay. Um, nice. and he's huge Santan Dave. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So me and Benny were in the same class and when I left, I was kind of lost in a way because I was, you know, I was, I wasn't really making any money. And then my cousin encouraged me to do a teaching course. So I could teach in a college. So I started teaching in a college for a couple of years. The students are so ill-mannered and um, just not concentrating. I couldn't even um, deal with it to the point where I got offered in a prison and they were a lot more uh, well-behaved in a prison than they were in actual college. <laughs> what? That's I feel, crazy I feel as though it's, you know, it's a privilege for them to get out of their cell yeah, that's to then true. be in a class making beats. Right. So I was teaching like for two years. Um, wow. It's mad because like one of the two prisoners from that time still come to the club now. 
<laughs> when I'm DJing. That's what I was wondering. Like, did any yeah. of them kind of make it in music or come hang out or? Nah, I think some of them probably still trapping, bro. Right. But like, um, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I think most of them probably are. It's quite funny. That's crazy. <laughs> Amazing. Would you ever think about teaching again in any form or fashion? I'll never say never, bro. Not right now. Maybe in the future when I'm yeah. old and my legs don't work. Right. <laughs> now you're focused on music production and yeah. stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you've already done some pretty crazy things. Like, can you break down your relationship with Kendrick Lamar? I read an article where he was shouting you out and talking yeah. about different things you played for him and talking to, telling him things about RZA lyrics and he could flip it and stuff like that yeah, like what's yeah. the story behind that man um and it's that that's basically from me being in la for so many years cons uh, consistently i always yeah. wanted to know about the up-and-coming rappers from la right you know being a big west coast rap fan yeah so i'd heard about like tiger really early on um yg and like in 2007 i'm hearing about this rapper kendrick lamar right but not like on a crazy industry level just like in the streets Right, uh, right. Because I'd go down to Compton in the studio here and there, and the guys in the streets over there would mention his name. Okay. And I was like, all right, cool, I want to meet him. And he's not even on Twitter at this point. Right? Wow. And so I kind of strike up a friendship with him where we talk here and there. I've met him a couple of times, gone to his house. Crazy. And, um, and yeah, so I played him a bunch of beats. He, like, cut one of them, uh, never came out. And at the time, I was being mentored by RZA from Wu-Tang, who's got a house in Tarzana. In wow, okay. Out here. Um, you know, he wasn't in New York anymore because he was focused on film. Yeah. So it made sense for him to be in California. Right. So I was working with RZA quite a bit and, you know, being mentored by him. And um, I ended up recording about four or five records with him. One with Talib Kweli, another one with Noriega. Oh, it's incredible. Um, I got a record with like Ghostface and I never released any of the songs. Wow. Right. And he gave me the authorization to like, yo, you can put them out. They're your songs. I never released them. I still got them. Right. And so I'm talking to Kendrick and I'm like, um, yo, I've got these songs, what you think of them? And he loves the songs I've done with RZA. And he asked me if he can flip one of the my own songs for his album on Section 80 yeah. before Dre signed him. Yeah. Right? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's make it happen. And so that's the record on, on Section 80 is called uh, Ronald Reagan Era. That's the okay. name of the song. So, yeah, so that kind of like the way that came about with those vocals was initially through my own song. How crazy. Yeah, and so we kind of like just stayed in touch and... Then he became a superstar and I didn't hear from him for a long time, as you probably could imagine. Yes. But it's crazy. I saw him two months ago in London. You did? Yeah. And he had crazy security around him and no one can get to him. And I was at this after party. He sees me, he stops and comes and like hugs me. And he's like, yo, Friction, how's your mom and dad? And I'm like, yo. No way. Yeah. Yo, that, but ago. that sounds like him. You know, that's how I would picture like he would be, you yeah. know, like he doesn't seem like the kind of person that would forget anybody that was played a part in his journey, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's super dope to hear. Crazy, man. Even my, my beat tag is him. Really? Yeah. No way. Friction about to go ham. Th that's nuts. I didn't yeah. realize that. That's Kendrick How Lamar, dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So cool. Yeah, I mean, I remember probably the first time I ever saw him live or even really figured out, knew who he was, uh, was at Coachella yeah. when Dr. Dre performed. I don't know if it was Eminem or Dr. Something happened where Dr. Dre brought out this guy, Kendrick Lamar, and everyone was like, who is this guy? You know, eleven that would have been. Yeah, I remember yeah. being there. I was watching, and I'm like, and then it was like from there, it was just like rocket shit. Crazy. He killed it. The industry hugged him, man. Yeah. But I met this guy in 2007, bro. That's nuts, 2007, man. I met him. 
So no one knew who it was because at that time, the guys coming up around them was Glasses Malone, J Rock yeah. from TDE, Schoolboy Q, Q yeah. hadn't even like blown, Tiger hadn't even blown. He had the lollipop song out and the lime and the coconut. What if you know that song? <laughs> yes, he had that one. He you know he had. I don't think he even was with Cash Money then. Right. So it's crazy. There's so many West Coast rappers. I mean, J Rock has been coming up. You know, and he has that yeah. win song and some of them. Yeah. Glasses Malone's been around for a long time. Definitely, yeah. he's dope. I haven't heard like a you know big huge song in a while. But yeah. who I else? Like Bishop with, Lamont. I was hanging like, out with Bishop a lot, bro. In that I've stuff. done some songs with him back around then. I was yeah. doing stuff probably like early 2000s. Like come to my studio like in my parents garage type yeah. of thing and we yeah. would do stuff when i had an underground hip-hop group but that's crazy he's i mean and he was so dope he still is i think he's still yeah. putting stuff out bishop was great man like I yeah had one of the best him, which i never put out i don't know who knows i'll probably put them what out you gonna do point. with all this stuff come on <laughs> Bro, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna release it I, I just feel as though it needs to have its time I don't like yeah. forcing things bro you know? yes i just feel as though if i just put it out then when i was like 22 I, I just don't think it will have done the justice as much as probably more in more recent times because I'm right. very much in that energy, you know? Totally, Whereas yeah. Back then I was trying to find myself and, you know, I just don't think it would have made sense. Right. You know? So then what, Um, I mean, that's incredible. And then what about the RZA thing? You kind of just casually men mentioned that he was your mentor, but, like, yeah, <laughs> that sure. sounds huge. What? What? How did you meet him? What did you guys do together? So I met him in London, and Wu Tang were performing in concert, and um, I was young, bro. Like I was probably like twenty one or twenty two. I can't remember. I um, I went to the concert, and I somehow got myself in backstage. Yeah, as you do, right? And um, <laughs> I decided. I said to my friend Raj, "I'm like, yo, I want to do a mixtape called The Golden Chamber." And it's the golden era of hip hop, which is like really late 80s, early 90s to like 94, five. Right. There's that little period, you know, yeah. golden era of hip hop. Yeah. And we call it the golden chamber mixtape. Okay. It sounds and we dope. get all of the members of the Wu to host it. <laughs> right. right. And he's like, yo, you're deluded. You're never going to get every single member of the Wu to host it. I'm like, I bet you I will. Right. <laughs> so I grab a mic and I literally stalk these guys at the, the, um, their hotel in London after the show and I've got the script. I'm like, yo, I need you to say this. Yo, um, Jizza, I need you to say this. Yo, you God, I need you to say this. And they did it, bro. They actually did the whole script. So I released this mixtape called the Golden Chamber Mixtape. XXL gives it five stars. What? It ends up going viral. Crazy. Elliot Wilson posts it on Rap Radar and wow. it's, it gets like crazy amount of downloads. And so I hear this. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. It like it, it went crazy. And so off the back of it, I um, ended up just becoming good friends with RZA. So crazy. every time I'd go to LA, I'd go to his house and, you know, try and play chess with him. He'd beat me every time. Um, <laughs> Mystery of chess boxing. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it was, it was great times, bro. And so, wow. Yeah. I'd go to his Wu mansion over in New Jersey and, um, just met the other guys as well through him. Became good friends with Raycon off the back of it. So that's nuts. Um, yeah. So that's he started mentoring me like around those times. Yeah. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. You still talk to him at all? Um, not as much as I used to, but um, I still got contact with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I did like a like a few years ago. I did a mixtape with Kendrick. Oh, you did California Love. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which Kendrick hosted. 
Oh, crazy. It's available for free on the internet. You can get it for free. Got to I got to peep that yeah, too. So it's kind of like all your classic West Coast rap songs and you know, even from the samples to West Coast yeah. block into oh, California so dope. and all that kind of stuff. All yeah. right, we got to post that. Everybody listening, you got to we got to check these dope, out. Yeah. I did my research and I didn't even know that. So I got to <laughs> I got to check it. That sounds dope. Um and then what about like what are you trying to do? You know, what are some of your present projects that you can talk about uh-huh. for music and some of your future goals with it? Um, at the moment, I'm focused um, very much on music production and I have signed an artist called Young Dave, half Spanish Columbia. You met him the day. I, yeah, I DJed for him in London. Yeah. I heard his music. I looked it up before and after, listened to it. Really dope. Yeah, I, really I found like him it. in the pandemic, uh, prior to the pandemic, in fact. So I was looking for an artist to work with. Right. How would you describe, you described it to me and it was pretty on point. Yeah, he's kind of like a UK bad bunny that does, does some drill vibes as well. Right. So he's, he's similar to Central Sea in a way. No? Yeah, but kind of its own thing. Yeah, I think. exactly. Yeah. yeah, like it's 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 in that kind of realm, you right? Know? Yeah. So I, I was, um, you know, always kind of wanted to work with an artist that I'd found myself, helped nurture, get him signed, yeah. produce his project, and so I was looking for like so many different rappers over the pandemic, you know, because yeah. I'm not DJing, I'm in the studio every day, totally. And I found him on YouTube when he was like 16 years old, and it's over three years ago now. And Crazy. in that time, we just made so many songs, like a hundred songs in deep. Wow. And we're just trying to figure out what's to move. How are we going to get you signed? How are we going to try and get the music out? Yeah. I didn't have money to give him. He didn't have money. Right. And so I went to MAMS. Okay. Right? And I always go to MAMS. That's the rule. Yeah. <laughs> go to MAMS. Go to MAMS. I, I went to MAMS. When I met MAMS, I'm like, yo, bro, I've got this rapper. I think he's incredible. I think he's a star. Um, and he was sold on the first song I played him. And KSI has got a record label called TOT, the online takeover. Okay. So we signed Young Dave to KSI's label. Oh, okay. And Great. Yeah, the first single, Canada Third, it's on 2 million streams now. So That's his huge. first single did 2 million streams. It's 1.4 million on YouTube, which is unheard of for like... Just an unknown... Unknown, yeah, unless right. it's some viral TikTok hit. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, so That's he's huge. like, the next single's coming out, I think, in two months. We're excited about him. He ended up performing at Wembley in front of... 20,000 people, um, wow. his first ever show. He nailed it. Um, yeah, he's he's someone that I think is going to have a great future, man. Yeah. Um, but individual projects I'm working on as well. I'm doing um, UK rappers, a guy called Suspect, um, you know. Uh, and, yeah, I've, I've got the, the other records that I've done in the past with Noriega, Raekwon Stars P, that kind of stuff. So, Dope. yeah, man. Nice, man. And so, you, I mean, it sounds like you're just constantly working on beats and ideas and songs. Yeah. and Every day, and poly, you know, like meeting up with different songwriters or A and R's or yeah. artists. Dope. Well, good, good thing you're here. So anybody listening, connect with them. <laughs> um, and what about like you mentioned earlier, like social media and how it's part of your brand and different things like that. And uh, I, you know, I follow you on everywhere. I think, but I actually just found your TikTok um, yeah. a day ago. I didn't realize. It's sometimes it's hard. Like I don't, I'm not on there as much. So, yeah. but you seem pretty active on there too. Like you have some yeah. some big videos. Seem like you've been building it up. Yeah. Um. So I guess how what are the top social media networks that you focus on right now, and how do they play a role in your career? Um. I think like a lot of DJs, Instagram is probably my main one. Yeah. Especially for contacts, that kind of thing. Right. Same. Um. Um. I feel as though they all got different purposes, though. I'm trying to build my YouTube at the moment. I did a remix to Michael Jackson. Dirty Diana into a drill record that did like 250,000 views. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, Super dope. Which is pretty cool, man. I got like quite a few subscribers off that. And then um, 
I kind of feel like they all have their purposes. Um, yes. I think TikTok's great for random people to discover you if yeah. you go viral. But I sometimes feel it just doesn't translate over to Instagram. You know, you can right. build your following over there, but I just don't feel like it translates to Instagram. So I agree. I mean, I don't know fully, YouTube. but they're, they're different. Yeah. yeah, I think they're all different. I mean, I think some of the most successful people cater to each. Uh, it's a lot, but cater to each platform. You yeah. know what I mean? I even watched this morning some little Twitter thread about the like those Lotus cars. You know, like the that car. Like they have a TikTok and an Instagram, and they're so different. Like the TikTok is just literally nonsense memes but like they get <laughs> 8 million views and then their instagram is like super polished like a driver on a course you know and yeah. they it works for them i guess so yeah if you have that much time you know and thought Man, to, when you get older, i can't you don't, you don't do, have that yeah. much time bro i don't even <laughs> no. have time to like be tweeting that much yeah it's I, tough. I feel as though all of them are so different like twitter i'll get lucky to get a couple likes here and there Right. You know, maybe retweet here and there. Yeah. People too cool to be like checking in. What were you saying? I know it's Instagram hard. will get great engagement. TikTok yeah. I do. Um, you know, yeah. I don't take it personally. I'm just like, it is what it is. You know? No, it is what it is. And everybody has different, you know, approaches to it and journeys with it. I was just wondering because yeah. I know like you do have like quite a few followers and you post some good things. You know what I mean? So I didn't know if what plays a big role in your life or, yeah. you know, which Bro, one. I'm not too crazy about like being sucked into social media man because yeah. I, I like try and check in with how i feel as a person as a right. human prior to all well, that stuff we need that that's what well, we've learned so much with the pandemic and everything yeah. i mean like what are what do you do for that like what are some of your ways to escape the craziness of djing and the comparison yeah. of yourself among you know against every other person bro, in our industry and I stuff mean, like bro, that to be fair like i don't I don't really compare myself to other people. Like people That's that, good. That's I, I healthy. I've done it in the past. Right. I think we all do. It's a human being. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. how we probably grow up learning, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. then later it like bites us. You know, it's like it, it starts out as like a yeah. quality and then ends up as a negative thing because yeah. we're like comparing too much. And then with social media, it's like exponential and it ruins your, I don't know, creativity yeah, and like even motivation. Even your self-esteem. It's like, I, bro, like I, I, I grew up being compared to my cousins, you know, <laughs> right. Just every little aspect of my life, like I yeah. was compared to cousins. So, you know, even growing up, like you can have self-esteem issues from that kind of stuff. So, yep. you know, I'm probably naturally, I've probably done it as, as a DJ as well. Yeah. But as you grow and you learn to become like a better human being, it's like, why do I want to do that to myself? Right. You know? Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm in a very peaceful place in my life. And so, um, and I could I could say that because in previous years I haven't been. Yeah, you know, maybe I have been a bit more toxic ten years ago or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I have done some toxic stuff here and there. Maybe right. Know? I'm sure I have. Everyone has. And so I feel as though the the social media thing, bro, it's essential for my career. Like a lot of DJs, but yeah. I don't let the second that I kind of feel a certain type of way, I just get off it. Right. You know, Good. I read a lot of books. I'm I'm listening to like Audible a lot. Yeah, you know, every any day. good any recommendations? Yeah, bro. Like I, I, I listen to like um, the Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz. You know, okay. um, I've, I like um, what else? Um, the Wayne Dyer stuff's pretty amazing. Okay, what is it? I'm writing this down. <laughs> um, the, the Power of t uh, it, well, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. 
I'm getting a bit too like philosophical, man. No, it's yeah. good, man. I think um, that's great. These kind of things, like I listen to like audiobooks. So I'm going to YouTube and just listen yeah. to motivational things and just ensure that when I'm waking up, I'm not looking at my phone. I wait the first hour. Your brain's in kind of like alpha <laughs> mode and, you know, most impressionable. So I try and keep it like that, you know. And bro, to be fair, all of these kind of things, they work. Going to the gym, ensuring that you're getting your endorphins. True. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I know they seem like common sense and simple, but I think a lot of people don't do it. And then they focus on what's wrong and just get in a hole or something, you know? And you know what, bro? That's right. Because I've done that. Yeah. We all have that. I've done that. I've I've probably had a, um, a rut of a couple of months and sat there thinking about everything that's going wrong in my life, looking at what next DJ is doing. And I'm like, yo, we've got different lives. Yeah. He probably had a struggle that I never had and he's being rewarded so for it or whatever. Yes. And I'm being rewarded for all of the stuff I do in America because of something else. So yeah. everything, circumstances are different. Yeah. You know I mean, totally. Um, And, and that's the thing. Like, I, I feel as though as I get older as well, I just don't care about a lot of shit. Right. To be honest. I just don't care. I'm, I've become so blase about a lot of stuff. Yeah. That you could say the same thing to me 10 years ago. I'd probably engage in a conversation about it. Right, I know what you mean. You know? Yeah. Well, you kind of figure out what's important to you and what uh, what warrants your time. Exactly that, bro. Time is, like for me, bro, time and my internal happiness is more important to me than anything. Like monetary value, doing some gig somewhere that I begged or wanted to do 10 years ago. Yeah. I don't care about that stuff even half as much as how I feel. Right. You know, And that's what DJing does because, bro, I was doing seven nights a week the best part of seven years in the West End. Right. And I made a ton of money from it, which is great. But I burnt out and I felt as though I lost a part of myself and my essence of who I was. Right. And I stopped, bro. I literally let go of five residencies. And I'm like, I'm not doing this like this no more. I'm just going to do two. And I'm going to do what I want to do, which I always wanted to do music production. I wanted to hang out with my parents a bit more, you know? Yeah. And the purpose behind me doing seven nights a week for the best part of seven, eight years, it wasn't for me to be the best DJ in the world. It wasn't for me to look, you know, try and crush other DJs. It was, it was essentially, I was doing it because of personal reasons, you know, for my family and trying to help my family and stuff. Right. I know that's big to you. I know you've done some great things for your parents. Appreciate that, bro. And so the moment that that happened, the moment that um, I was able to do that is when I, took the step back and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to focus on me now. Right. And that's when I started to notice, yo, I'm starting to look better. I look, I look younger now than I did probably 10 years ago. Right. You know? And so it, my body works a bit better now, <laughs> you know, in a way my muscles yeah. don't hurt as much. So, yeah. And I notice all of these little nuances about myself and that comes through self-awareness. Right. You know? That's cool. I think that's so important. And like, I think that's something that's almost it's it's in all of the DJ world and the music world, but there's something that's a bit extra in the open format DJ world, which, yes, everyone from the outside would be like, oh, come on, stop being, you know, like a bitch about it or whatever. But, like, really, same thing. I was at points where I was doing five, seven nights a week every night. Yeah. And, like, you do in a way, you even if you don't burn out, there is an element of losing who you are. If somebody goes, what's your favorite kind of thing to play? And you're like... I've been catering to all these other people forever. You lose a piece of it in a way because 
that's your job as an open format DJ is to be a chameleon and adjust to all these things and be able to do it. But in a way, if you're really good at it, you almost become camouflage and then you can't yeah. find yourself and you have to like pull out and go, wait, who am I within all yeah. of this? And like give otherwise, what's the point of all of it and what's the end game and yeah. all that. And yes, you want the money and it's good. But, but yes, I think yeah. that's such an important lesson and something that where you have to find those things you love or, you know, and like how other DJs get to play the music they make or something. So it's a little bit different. They can get yeah. burnt out maybe on too many shows, but yeah, I feel as though like I've, I've got like a good balance of that stuff now, bro. Yeah, like, you do. I don't make as much money as I used to. At one point I was doing really well. Like I'm still doing enough that I'm grateful for what I'm doing and right. living and stuff. Yeah. But I feel as though I'm generally very much more peaceful inside my head. Like, you know, That's I don't great. feel as much as maybe I did 10 years ago. Right. Um, but I mean, we've lost, you know, we've lost people to suicide. We've lost people to burning out. We've been, we were talking earlier about people, you know, we know that aren't, yeah. that, are, that need to take breaks. Like yeah. there's mean, a reason, I, you know, bro, like so I think you're doing the right I've, thing. I've gone through depression from all of that stuff. So yeah. like, you know, I understand how all of that stuff feels and, you know, I don't want to ever be able to, uh, I guess, project that onto, um, a relationship or yeah you know even kids that kind of thing like right. i feel like deep about that kind of stuff so yeah you know like me growing up bro like um i guess um probably like a lot of djs i grew up um not with very much you know and yeah. um like I like it is for a lot of djs and so i grew up appreciating very small things right like, really really minor things as i said like me coming here I'd appreciate just seeing grass, American grass, bro, you know? And so, like, I would just, like, suck in the smallest little thing. Right. And so there was, like, yo, you get excited about the smallest little thing. I'm, like, I'm not hyper, bro. I'm just, yeah. it, I remember what I came from. Yeah. So I'm not used to being given much. I'm not used to people putting, like, That's saying, yo, cool. here's a gig for you. Yo, here's the X amount of money. I'm not used to that, bro. Yeah. And now when it happens, I'm, like, yo, shit, I made that happen, you know? Right. So that's that feeling. That's important. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's and it's that. a good outlook to to hold on to, I think. And bro, like, you know, that, like I said, the purpose behind me doing it is really, really for my family, bro. Like, you know, my parents, um, I wanted to retire them. And so in 2019, I was being, I was able to like um, help them and move. And right. my sister lives in America. She's, she's a single mother of four kids. So oh, she yeah. struggles financially as well. So like, you know, there's that kind of pressure as well. So the reasoning behind me doing this, everything that I was doing wasn't to be like a superstar DJ. If, yeah. if I ended up becoming that off the back of it, great. Right. It was more so like me thinking, look, I'm doing well from this. I'm good at what I do. I'm making money. Let me just do as much as I can do. So they're good. The moment that they're good, I'm going to pull back and then focus on me a little bit and do what I really want to do. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing in the last couple of years. Right. You know, so I'm in that energy now. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, what about like, um, I saw, you know, you do so much stuff that my list is like endless, but I know you DJ for like sports events too. Yeah. And the KSI thing. The boxing thing. The yeah, the too. boxing thing. Yeah. yeah. What's that like? Like, how do you approach that? That's a lot of fun, bro. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Yeah. What um, do you, how do you approach those sets or like, what do you play I, there? I honestly, I don't prepare at all. Really? Nope. I don't prepare wow, at okay. all. Um, I just turn up with my laptop and play whatever I feel in the moment. Okay. Uh, Cause there's no pressure. So, yeah. um, you know, just a bit of, um, background on it. It's uh, misfits, celebrity boxing. Okay. It's, uh, it's kind of like a 
adventure between Mams, Taylor, KSI. And so, you know, you know, this like Logan Paul versus KSI. And yeah. they're, they're talking about this Jake Paul fight as well. Yeah. Essentially as well. It's blown up, bro. Right. Like, it's gotten so big to the point where there's so much demand for it um, amongst these kids, especially with tying in with the brands and the prime. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so they've put me on to DJ all of the events, which is incredible for me because yeah. I'm doing a crowd which I'm not generally doing on a regular basis, like yeah. bottle, show, bottle show clubs. Yeah. So I'm now playing the most obscure songs, right? Right. I'm, I I played, um, um, you know who Siddha Musala is? Who is it? It's a, it's a Punjabi rapper. Okay. He's like huge. What's he, his name? Sidhu Miswala. Okay, no, I don't know. He's he's huge. Right. Um, so he, um, even Drake followed him and Drake wore his t-shirt. He got murdered. Um, oh, he did? Yeah, in the last Okay, I, I do remember that through the Drake thing, sort of. Yeah, yeah so Drake like did a little tribute and wore his t-shirt and right. stuff. So he's like biggest rapper in India. Huge. Wow. I think he had like the fifth biggest streaming numbers last year or something. That's nuts. Um, so It's like Pop Smoke or something where he's so huge now, but he got murdered. Dude, he's He wasn't even of, able to see his own success. I know. It's so, it's so sad as well because he's only like 28 years old. It's crazy, yeah. Um, but anyway, at, at this KSI event, I played one of his songs and it's 99% white people and I'm playing a Punjabi song. <laughs> I'm Indian myself. So yeah. I'm playing a song from my own culture right. at this event that's televised. And they don't even know who this guy is. And the the few Asian, um, South Asian people that were in the crowd, they're like shocked that Sidhu was being played. Right. And the video went viral. Oh, crazy. Yeah, and that, that video on my TikTok went viral. People thought that it was fake audio, dubbed audio. It, it had oh, like, like, why would you be playing that yeah, there? Why, why would this guy? So I had you know, to do like no a reaction way. video on TikTok and be like, yo, that was real because it was me. And just to let you know, at the next one, I'm going to do it again. Yeah, I'll and show you. And that video went viral it. as well. Oh, crazy. So I ended up getting like crazy amount of followers off that. And that's dope. Yeah. Um, but that's just an example of me not planning the sets and just doing what I feel in that moment. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, so man. cool. Super. Amazing. What, uh, is there any other stuff you like to do outside of DJing? You kind of named it already, but I don't know if there's any other hobbies or fun things you do or um outside of, outside of production and outside of production and djing just outside of music i mean you talked about the gym and all that so i don't know man, i don't even go to the gym as much as i used to man my body's starting to hurt bro <laughs> <laughs> getting older here <laughs> dude i can't even lift like i used to bro um i like boxing um, yeah okay i like um you're gonna I, end up in the ring djing your own fight <laughs> dude man i'm just past that shit <laughs> yeah I, I feel as though just like it's a normal shit i like the most yeah. basic shit bro like yeah I'm, just like, relaxing because we have such yeah. crazy lives dude it's like you know i could do the most basic thing like be sitting in a restaurant and just enjoying my food and i'm in pure presence yeah because i feel like i don't get to experience that as much as i'd like because my life's hectic with all of the other stuff so the moments i do have to have pure presence i really experience it i think that's important and it's the yeah. most basic thing of watching a film or something yeah that's like, true friction you're such a basic dude i'm like yeah no. <laughs> i am man what do you want me to say i'm happy to be basic like we're going away for spring break and we're going to a place to do nothing for like a week you know it's bro, like i just want to do nothing exactly bro. <laughs> that's my favorite thing ever <laughs> like if i could stay in a bed for like 48 hours and just the recuperate <laughs> watch harry potter or something yes exactly um what uh uh, are there any other things you want to kind of like share with the listeners or talk about or promote or anything? Um, 
I feel like, you know, for any upcoming DJs, um, I guess it's probably different now because the dynamic of DJing is so different with controllers and TikTok and stuff and social True. media DJs. But personally, like if any DJs want my advice and tips on what they can do to progress, I'd personally say just network the hell out of every opportunity. Yes. Yeah. That's, you know, instead of focusing so much on doing basic mixes, as much as I know a lot of guys like doing that. Right. I'm not knocking anyone. I'm just saying focus on building relationships, man. Yeah. 100%. Because in the long term, that's what's going to build, you know, people forget about a video. Yeah. You know? So true. But they don't forget the person if you're a cool ass person and, you know, the way you move is correct. You don't step on people's toes and yeah. you follow protocol. I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> true. There's certain rules. So, you know, follow those rules, man. You're good. Yeah, I think so. Just have that, have that right amount of persistence minus the annoying part yeah and you're good yeah. <laughs> and that's coming from experience bro because i feel as though i probably was annoying at one point <laughs> right but i think there's that fine line where yeah. you know if you're it's the self-awareness where you said you have i yeah. think some people may not have it but yeah. try to check yourself you know what i mean before but but also don't be afraid to put yourself out there and just exactly man do do you know and talk to the people do the rizza thing you know what i mean like go up yeah. to wu-tang and, and with the mic and ask him all of it you never know what's going to come out of it oh, that's man. amazing i gotta check that that's so funny <laughs> that's great well yo where can people find you uh online and stuff um at dj friction on all social media so it's dj f-r-i-c-k-t-i-o-n okay dj friction.com dope um yeah man so I'm out here in LA for the next like ten days, so I'm just doing my thing. Okay, amazing. Well, this this should this will probably come out while you're still uh, out here. So oh, uh, I'm looking forward to it, bro. Yeah, and yo, thank you so much for taking the time coming on the show. Thank you so. It much. was so good, good just getting to know you better and uh, likewise, man. Spreading the word of DJ Friction to the world. Yes, yes. Out here, UK to LA, connect. So yeah, thank you and. Thank uh, you, man. Let's uh let's make some beats and hang let's on your it, trip. Bro. Okay. I'm play some beats as well. Yeah, I want to hear everything. All right. Peace. Peace. All right, thank you to DJ Friction coming all the way from the UK in person in Beverly Hills doing this interview. Such a cool dude, such a smart dude, dope DJ, dope producer. Um glad we got to chop it up and I got glad I get to hang with him in LA for this week. Um Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you write me online at DJ Spider on Instagram, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.